midst of stews in Dublin. Welcome to Mother Folklore, a podcast about words, Irish, Irish words, and words from Ireland. I'm Tara O'Shea. And I'm Pader O'Kwevonik. And I'm Pauline Gedi. <laughs> Valtra Pauline, you're kind enough to join us from the beautiful coast of Tirconnell. Hello Dublin, Donegal calling. <laughs> <laughs> These are the votes of the Donegal jury, hey. <laughs> Oh, hi. Oh, hi. Yes, we're class, so yes, we're. Dues <laughs> <laughs> points there now. A do yig. That's for Pather O'Quivanic. We all know it's football specials getting the top points. Yeah, I've got my football special here, which I do not like. Uh, <laughs> and I'm ready for action. You're, you're drinking it out of a sense of duty more than anything else. <laughs> I know I have to make up for the last time I was on where I said I didn't like it. <laughs> this is true. The last time Pauline was on the podcast, we were talking about, it was the episode on Donegal Irish. And she admitted that her feelings towards Donegal, her football special, weren't. And consequently towards Donegal, because the two are in, inextricably linked. I know, I'm actually surprised they let me back in. <laughs> <laughs> no, no hard border at Ballyshannon. Like, they didn't check everything. <laughs> oh, trying to cross the bridge in Lefford. <laughs> <laughs> you, might, you might get away with that shite in Strabane, but you'll not get away with it in Lefford. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And, uh, and, and all is well? All is well in Donegal at the moment, since you've left Dublin? All is all is well. I'm trying to move back home, and my mother, uh, my mother's heart is broken because I'm trying to fit two lives back into one room, and I just have far too much stuff. So that's what I'm doing this week. Decluttering. You're doing the Marie Kondo. Does it spark joy? Yeah. Well, none of it sparks joy at the minute. It's breaking my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Might just empty it out and start again. It does seem that for a lot of people in their twenties, this uh, the the journey back home has become a feature of Irish life now. That it was traditionally one of the the parts of growing up was leaving home to go to Dublin. Now it's leaving Dublin to go home has become the the new kind of uh, moment of 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 adulthood and reckoning in Ireland. It seems. Yeah, Derek, did you ever have to pack up your bags and move back to rural Rathfarnham? You know, I actually, I did, I was, I did briefly have to move back to rural Rathfarnham after my high living life in, in Dublin 8. <laughs> All the way from 8 to 16 to 14. Inner city living. It was, um, it, I tell you, it was, it was no joke at all. When you're, I mean, you used to access to the kitchen and the person who's in charge of the kitchen kind of, and who decides what time you eat. It's a much different story when, uh, when, when you've got different adults with different priorities all in the one room or all in one house even. So wait, is that, does that mean you preferred living with your mommy? No, your... no, 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 no. I am. Uh, <laughs> it was I, just very diplomatically couched, and I couldn't I, tell which was the situation you enjoyed. When my drop chef arrives, <laughs> <laughs> when my drop chef arrives, I like to get my ingredients, go to the kitchen, put on a podcast, do some cooking. You can't do that with your mommy hanging over your shoulder. No, she she'd be interrupting me there, saying, "What did that fella say?" <laughs> <laughs> is that Hector? She says, and she doesn't to you. <laughs> is that McGon McGon? I am just giving you the silent treatment. Let's see how your podcast works when I don't talk. Okay, <laughs> this, this, is my, this is what my mom says. You know, she gets everyone wrong. She used to say during you know there's a lot of great burns during the presidential election last year, but no one had a better burn than my mom. She was watching the there's a presidential debate on. Mom says, "Is that your man, Gavin Lamb Duffy?" <laughs> I, I I love the fact that there's an entire generation of people who listen to this who have no idea who Gavin Lam Murphy is to even have that frame of reference. Like, have we? One of the only good things about the the terrible crash and recession that we hit in the late two thousands was um, 
you know, we had an entire breed of socialites that more or less got wiped from the public consciousness. Yes, it is true. We had a, a different breed of, I mean, know people have influences and things like that at the time, but we had a, a weird subculture of models and it boys and, you know, Celeb- Celebrity solicitors. Celebrity, I think. That was my favourite. It was it was so hard to explain this. We have celebrity economists and celebrity solicitors yeah. and What's Eddie Hobbs at these days? <laughs> Very little. Because <laughs> I was I was explaining this to, you know, some um I was explaining this to friends from, from abroad and they're saying, What what do you have a celebrity quantity surveyors? We did. We we fucking did. Like we had we had celebrity developers. We had like spreads in the Sunday Independent of Barry Egan with his good friends. This is a model. Here's a solicitor. There's a developer. Here's a guy who works for an architect's firm. And it was all just based on who went to school with who and who knew who and who had the money. It was absolutely classless. It was the most plasticky, awful thing. It's like imagine Hello, Hello Magazine. You open Hello Magazine and you see all these like who are these? You know who are the Brits at the parties? They're all related to each other. Their eyes are too close together. They're all like you know. Toffs, you know, they're all, they all, their family trees don't fork. Over here, it was like, <laughs> over here, it was just like, who has money? Like, oh, this person is rich. Let's put them in, in, what was our version of Hello Magazine? Full two page uh, spread. <laughs> it was like the Sunday Independence v- pictorial uh, magazines and stuff like that. There's VIP. Uh, VIP still well. exists, I think. Does it? I'm not sure, but then I know there was, there was VIP and then there was um, certain Sunday papers as well promoted a certain. Uh, I've already said the Sunday Independent yeah. twice. You're not getting away with this one. <laughs> <laughs> Certain Sunday papers, who knows? But yeah, it was it was a it was a very strange time, and it's when you look back, there's kind of this moment. Thing, did anyone? Did anyone have a, have a bleeding clue? The worst thing is. I'd rather some of those it boys came back than certain certain developers who've come back. Oh yeah, well I mean I'll take Gavin Lam Murphy over a developer any day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's just like to party. Yeah, we all partied. We all partied. Evidently, they did. They did. <laughs> and you know. When a, when a party's going well and it's a good party, there's a bit of a sing-song can kick off. Always. And there's no better songs than the songs of, the, the Irish language songs of our childhood. What a segue. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was stellar work. They don't call him the podcast dad for nothing. <laughs> That's me. And today this is one of the things we're going to be talking about. We're going to talk, look at some of those great Irish language songs that we all know. They've, they've, they've buried us into our subconscious. Somehow the way it's taught did work. When it came to great banging tunes. Oh. And some bangers there were. Absolute crackers. So Pauline, you recently, um, this is something that crossed your mind recently when you were having a chat with your brother, I believe. Yeah. Um, so I can't take full credit for this, but uh, a few, actually, you wouldn't believe how long this tweet was sitting in my drafts. I just never, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't have the confidence. I was like, maybe, maybe people won't get it. And I was like, you know what? One day I was like, feck it, we'll put it out. But it all started when we were at um, a Clan Vagrary concert uh, in the Legends Clan Vagrary here in Garda Hark, in fact. And they have their own version of Dulaman, which which they have just have. It's like Dulaman, 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 Gaela. And after the concert, my brother said to me on the way home, he said, imagine if there was a song in English that was just like seaweed, seaweed, Irish, seaweed. (laughs) 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 <laughs> so over the next over the next few weeks we weren't uh, living together at home at that stage so we just kind of snapped at each other different uh different irish songs translated into english <laughs> and so and there's some absolute crackers in that list 
Oh, utterly, God, yeah. Utterly brilliant. So I tweeted uh, the original thing was one of my favourite things about Irish songs, how ridiculous they sound when translated to English. So uh, my first case in point was uh, Orosha the Vahawala. which is translated to Oro, you're welcome home. Oro, you're welcome home. Oro, you're welcome home. Now that summer's coming, bald granny is coming over, young men with her in her <laughs> Bald granny. It doesn't quite, when you when you translate it to English, it doesn't quite, it doesn't quite capture the importance of granny whale. And he, even just just a little while ago, I was talking to Orlin Eagle about like the the translation of the name Gronuale. Like it's just, yeah, it's it's unfortunate, isn't it? It's just when you translate it into English, it's unfortunate. I know. I think the main thing I wanted to capture was literal translations, and I know there can be better translations done. I'm I'm well aware, but and mm. a few people in the comments were uh, more than happy to tell me that as well. But I just thought, just for the crack, just make it the weirdest possible and see how it goes down. And it went down fairly well. <laughs> so are, are you saying that, like, even though this was just a, a little bit of lightheartedness, you're just saying, isn't this silly? People were still willing to tell you how wrong you were. I know. Who'd have thought it? On Twitter.com. The <laughs> on Twitter.com. In 2000, goddamn 19, <laughs> on Twitter.com. I, I, loved, I loved your translation of um, one of my favorite ones, Bodgy Nilemi. Oh yeah. I just yeah, even the Felamy's boat. It went to Tory Felamy's boat with Felamy and <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, but I mean if Felamy wasn't in the boat, would it be Felamy's boat? It's it's of course it was. Of course Felamy's it didn't go boat there with by someone, someone else away in it. Yeah, with the Felamy's boat went to Tory because I robbed it. <laughs> and I'd rub that's it again com- tomorrow. That's a, <laughs> that's a completely different song. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that could be the sequel. If it wasn't broken in Tory. And and what happened to him then? I mean, I just kept adding on, and then uh, other other people uh, other people started jumping on the wagon too. I mean, the favorite one that I did was that uh, there is a fair on tomorrow in County Clare. Yeah, I love that one. That it's was no brilliant. use though; I won't be there. <laughs> you hit the rhyme though. You know what I mean? That one, you you actually hit the rhyme. You know what can I say? I, I am a songwriter at heart. <laughs> I can't. I just can't wait for the rest of that song to come out. Like I'm in love with a cobbler. I'm in love with a cobbler. <laughs> oh god! And I think my favorite, my favorite reply, I think was Rona Mishtil, who replied um, with "Allelu, Allelu, Allelu, the goat is livid." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah! It just scans so well. Like it's just, oh, it it's, really it's lovely. And when you get back to it, you think that, say, you know, imagine that you were a songwriter and um, were, were, you know, back, back in the scene and we were in the late 19th century or so in Ireland and you just, you know, you got a chew in your head, you're wondering what words to put down to it. Then you see a really angry ghost chasing some drunk down the road and you go, oh, that's, that's it. That's it. And someone says, oh, 
You think that's good? Wait, and you're writing this. You never believe what happened. There's going to be a fair in Clare tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow, but you're I'm not allowed to go. You're not allowed to go because you're not ten or eleven yet. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of mother doesn't know what age her children are? How many children yeah. did she have that she didn't know what age that child was? Yeah, you're not. Well, I mean, that was that was the tradition at the time, wasn't it? You know, like you're not ten or eleven yet. Listen, when you're thirteen, I won't give a shit about you. You can go off with your cobbler. <laughs> Make I don't care. I just don't care. Like, go for it. Get out of here. Once you're 13. But until you're 10 or 11, I don't know which one you are. You're you're staying in this damn house, young lady. <laughs> it, it paints quite a scene. It's basically Cinderella without the, without the, without the ball and without the godmother. It's Cinderella without the ball, without the godmother, without the happy ending, without the aristocracy, without... Like, yeah. I mean, so there's a cobbler there, so Cinderella. there might be shoes. <laughs> there might be shoes involved. It's like a can loach Cinderella. I <laughs> <laughs> Gracie Brogue. Yeah. Oh god. god. I liked um um Banfogin, the version of Banfogin oh, like, yes. Banfogin is a, an absolute bop like we all love singing it like you know and we love singing the words but when you when you when you translate them into English you realize exactly how how fucking dark that song is. Like. It's dark and Irish too, in fairness. <laughs> it's dark and Irish, I know, but like, it's just, it's sort of just, yeah. it just drives it home to a wider audience, shall we say. Like, it is. Oh God. And like, I don't know if, um, there are there are various versions of, um, of, uh, uh, of, um, Banfogin. Like, you know, like, Shintriya nach Misha Banfogin is an vanita ege vakalche. That yeah. that she would be that she would be lost or she would be deceased or whatever. But there's another version of it, like Shintriya Nachmisha Banfogin is some vanitaigavabacha, which is oh very God. specific. It's like <laughs> I wish I was Pajin's wife and I wish his wife drowned. Have you ever crushed on someone so hard that you wish their partner was dead? Dead, yeah. Or that and like you know there was like Gamrish for the Khusa the Khusa, Gamrish for the Khusa Banfogin, Gamrish for the Khusa the Khusa, Gamrish for the Khusa the Khrava. May your legs be broken, may your legs be broken, may your legs and your bones be broken. That doesn't even kill her, that's just mean. Pajin's wife in a like, full just, body cast. Yeah, that's just mean, like, you know, Pajin's not single. You, like, that's just, <laughs> this, that's just cruel. This is, yeah, it's almost like the answer song to Don't You Wish Your Girlfriend Was Hot Like Me. And the other person says, No, I wish you were dead. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. It's a fun, it's funny because it's because this song famously now in the, in the early days of Irish Twitter and the internet this song was well the the, the Keel, was it the Keeler version or was was it, was it the Saplanksty version was was cut with the video for Single Ladies and they paired beautifully of Banfogin and Single Banfogin Ladies, Single Ladies. What? Nice. I've never and seen that oh you have to it's amazing because the actual um it, it it seems the dancing does actually match very well it's very. It's like they found that uh, dark side of the moon. It was a Vaz moment of uh, of the the vision matching the music perfectly, and obviously the subject matter too, being broadly sim- relating also to matrimonial worries. Is could you really say that the subject matter is similar? Like, no. If you, if you if you liked it, then you should have put a ring on it. Compared to I like it, so I'm going to break her fucking legs and drown her. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is. See. <laughs> They're both about female empowerment. Yeah. Yay. One's just a little more legal than the other. <laughs> but yes, and I think though it's a it's it's funny that these songs, you know, they speak to they speak to a certain a moment that 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 hovers below reason and rationality. And actually, is the music of the heart. It is the music of the heart that I want that bitch's legs broken. Yeah, basically. <laughs> oh. 
Haven't we all you know, been there? <laughs> I'm not entirely sure that we have, Pauline. I'm not entirely sure that we have. No, I'm just on a watch list. There might, <laughs> there might be more to the story. There's always more to the story. In the second verse, she's following her and looking in the window to see her. So yeah. it's kind of more of a stalker than killer kind of sort of vibe. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm going to track her down. I'm going to track her down. Like, it's, uh... Let's so let's go back and ban so I can kill her. Yeah. <laughs> Pure or bold. I loved one of the other ones you had, which was, uh, and and what concern is that to the person? How oh, did yeah. you do it? It's, what it's is that to the temptation. person that doesn't concern? <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my. That's one of my all-time favorite songs because basically, someone has gone to the trouble of writing and and scoring and singing. Yeah, it's not your business. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like so what? That's not your business. But it's a brilliant song. It's like, you know, Mahim Dean is so good, small beam so good, low, cohesion, dentation, not winning. She does like, so what if I'm drinking? So what? <laughs> so what am I spending all business. our money? What's yeah, it to you? Business. What's it to you? Maybe it should be the reply to um, loads of reply guys commenting under women's posts on Twitter. Oh, it absolutely should be. Just, just oh, put the YouTube oh. hit on it. The next time someone tells you your translation was shit, you just hit them with. <laughs> Which Clonvic Rory do a great version of. They actually do, yeah. yeah Clonvic Rory, do, do, they do great versions of everything, in fairness. Everything. They do the definitive version of On Bachelor. Oh, God, um, yeah. On Bachelor. On Bachelor. Just a bop. absolutely a bop, an absolute slam. It slaps. It's an amazing tune. It's brilliant. You, did you have a rattle at on Bachelor? Did you translate that? I think I did, yeah. Um, I'm trying to find it. Uh, it was something like, I don't have a wife. I don't have kids. I don't have a home of my own. <laughs> <laughs> really selling it there. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> Yeah, on Bachelor is a is a it's a it's a song about um, basically poor life decisions that are absolutely class life decisions at the time. Relatable. Oh content. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, totally relatable. It's like I've squandered literally everything, but yeah, it's class. It's class. I love it. Sure, didn't I have crack? Yeah, <laughs> and sure, Kardashian dentation. Namwenyanshin though, exactly. We should all live by those words. There's a thought. Living your life by the lyrics of Irish songs, in fairness, but living your life by the lyrics of, of, of English language or French language songs wouldn't probably uh, do you any better. I think it depends entirely on the song. Like, I'd love to, I'd love to live my life to the to the words of uh, Miguel Lamar. Oh yeah, I, I'd love, I'd love to feel things like that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, my my my, my hero, my Caesar, my my darling boy has gone away, so I literally haven't slept. <laughs> and the sun literally, and the sun literally doesn't rise anymore. And like, I've aged eighty years, and like, dogs don't even bark anymore. Again, I relatable content. That. Yeah, but, but I'd love to feel things like that, you know. But I, I've often, I've sung. I that, wouldn't. I, I've sung Miguel Amar to both of my children. The reverse thing is that my little prince has arrived, and I haven't slept. <laughs> and um, I can't hear dogs bark anymore because there's always a child roaring. <laughs> and I have aged. The sun, the sun still rises, though. You have aged eighty uh, years. That's true. That's it's true. true. You should have seen pre-fatherhood, Derek. I'm telling you. 
He was young, vibrant. He had the stupid idea of starting a podcast. It was just, <laughs> just insanity. Yeah. You already had children, pod dad. I don't know why he decided to have two more. <laughs> it's true. It's the true. I've been, um, I have a podcast family and a biological family. And, you know, and they have, they have both delighted and aged me. The, the <laughs> podcast family is much harder work. We're more dysfunctional, yes. I think. <laughs> oh, just they're scattered to the wind at the moment. It's very, it's, it's very hard for me as a podcast dad to watch my my pod children grow up and leave leave Dublin, <laughs> or to regress and move back in with their parents. Move back in with their yeah. parents. Yeah, return to their childhood of football special and and Gaeltacht songs. <laughs> I know one of the ones that that um, I hadn't really really thought about the uh, the lyrics because it just seems so natural in Irish, but in English it really did sort of give me a land. Was Peggy and Littermore? Oh yes. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. How did you have that one, Pauline? That was. Uh... I have a story for us to. When I, oh okay. When we we, we I learned that song in Gaeltacht, and this will take us onto Gaeltacht bangers in a bit. But the we I, we I initially those oh gurum gurumy gurumy store. I thought it was oh I'm blue and blue, you know, or she, she's blue, she's, Yeah, kind of like. A, <laughs> That you know, oh, it's sad, but it's like it's Garum. Oh, she's highly praised. Yeah. Oh, Garum, Garum, he's Garum, he must store. Must store. <laughs> Pegging was famous and like, part of the Blue Man Group. Oh yeah, <laughs> and and yeah, she was pegging from Litchermore as opposed to all the other peggings around. Yeah, because yeah. we only had several names. Like we only had a handful of names, so you needed yeah. Pegging Litchermore was different from Pegging Hasla. Oh, I. Oh no, you didn't like Pegging Hasla. She was not <laughs> nice. Pegging Litchermore. Mila Gralamanami, I love her with my soul. And the so and the narrator of this song is uh, you know, he's been out and about, but he's been around. Been around. He's been all around. Uh, he's like Lou Bega in Mambo number five. <laughs> you know, the, the a little bit of breed to gum. Breed to gum, the caught to gum, she peg and ban as far. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, a little I, bit I of pegging, litter more. <laughs> Um, I found I found the translation here. It's a, oh get up Peggy and stand up on the hill, go and count all your cows and make sure they're all there. Oh she is class <laughs> all right, she's unreal my dear. Love her, her is in my soul, Peggy from Lettermore. <laughs> yeah, love it. Yeah. Another bop, I, like, to be honest. It's it's an absolute classic, but it's like Irish Susie Peggy and and like count your cows, make sure they're all there, because like that's that's your dowry, like you know yeah. what I mean. That's your that's your ticket out of here. <laughs> All those cows. Is this is this going to be the new uh, buried with my people? Though, hey, hey, baby, count your cows. Count you just your, scored. Count your cows. <laughs> I've had breed and I've had caught, but I've got my sights set on you. How many cows have you got? <laughs> <laughs> They've only got sheep. They're nothing to me. They're nothing to me. Pauline, no good at all. Are there any um, kind of good, good old Irish songs? Have, have any of them been cancelled? To use the uh, modern phrase. Are we? Um, I mean, we're we're happy that the you know substantially the lyrics are there. They can be a little bit odd, and translation makes more sense in Irish. But they're fundamentally solid in their, you know, uh, benign. Concept. <laughs> yes. Um, I actually can't think of anything that. I mean, if anything, yeah. if any of them should be cancelled, it's probably banned fighting. But you know, mm. nobody wants that because what were we saying to Norn? Yes, but but Banfogin, Banfogin is an example of the um, the female gaze. Like, if anything, its narrative style is progressive. I know the subject matter is absolutely horrifying, <laughs> but like, it's not about it's not about you know man on woman violence. It's you know it's about woman on woman violence. You know, yeah. you go girl, 
Get your man. It's a restaurant of no. Kind oh, of. God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. Yeah. No, that's that's clever in such a way that it just hurt my brain. I'm sorry. I can't. No, it's good. It was good. Like, it was good. It was bad, but it was good. Yeah, well, in that sense, you can imagine it being made into a gritty drama that you probably would watch. But you I'd watch yeah. Band 14. Oh, I think we all there's would. A, there's this. a lot of, uh, like, camera angles from in the bushes while the two of them are dancing and laughing and having fun, but there's, like, eerie music in the background. And it's just, mm. like, that kind of voyeuristic sort of shot. Like really crazy like, drama. I'd go to Galway with Pajin and I'd come back in the boat with him this autumn on TG Car Band Pajin. <laughs> drama or TG Car? It barsh le buzz, daddy. Could you I if you were gonna make a gritty drama out of any uh, Irish song, would it be would it be Banfodging? I think Bob Banfodging is the first that comes to mind, but I also think the Petty Litcher Moore would be a good kind of rom com four or five part series. Possibly, yeah. I mean You know, a fuck fuck being brought to brought to heel. Brought to heel. If so long as he's brought to heel, like, because I mean it just seems Brought like... to heel by an angry goat. I feel like the Livid well, no, Goat would be that's... good good children's content. The Livid Goat, yeah. And Pucker Willow would be good children's content. Yeah. Listen, we're not crossing the streams here, right? Mm-hmm. We're not making crossover universes. This is not Marvel <laughs> movies part two. <laughs> I, th- I think Bodgy Nilamy, the tragic story of Bodgy Nilamy, you know? The boat, the boat that just couldn't say no. The boat that just... It I'm just, just a boat. It just, it just went to Tory too many times. And Shipwrecked. Shipwrecked, shipwrecked. Or maybe maybe everyone from Tory threw rocks at it to sink it. Maybe that's the same. Entirely possible. Scene. Oh, not failing me again. Maybe it's fucker. <laughs> <laughs> maybe so. it's like unsolved. The story of Barge and Ellaby. Why did it sink? <laughs> Why did it sink? I- <laughs> I don't think we clear mysteries of no. the deep, Bargine Ilamy. <laughs> I don't think we clear clear this of last time, but it was important for our international listeners to know Tory Island isn't actually Britain. Tory Island is an island off the coast of Ireland, and it, it gets its name not from Tory, not from the British Conservative Party, but there's a tower there. Am I right? Am I right? Better. Oh, don't ask me. I'm not from Tory. <laughs> Just... Pauline, am I right? It's, it's got nothing to do with uh, pursuit oh, or bandits. Uh, no, no. I mean, you're asking the wrong woman. I'm not a, <laughs> and I've got plenty of friends from Tory who are absolutely going to murder me when they when they hear this. Um, I'm not actually <laughs> quite, quite sure, but um, it is called Elan Hadi in Irish, um, and I feel like it's just. Um, I think it was something to do with the tower, maybe. I don't know. It was, but there's, so it's it, it's lo- really old and mythical, and there's Balor and the Evil Eye and all that, and that's all interlinked with Tory. So, I so, I mean, there there is. There is the Middle Irish word Tory, which is the same root word that the Tory party gets, which was the word for bandit. Yeah. But I mean, the jury's out as to whether it's Ilan Huri, which is the, the, the island of the Tower of the King, because, mm-hmm. you know, Tory Island had a king. Yeah. Um, until, unfortunately, um, I think it was earlier this year, Patsy Dan McCrory passed away. Yeah. An absolute legend of a man. He was the he was the latest king. There may be another king. They'll have to elect one under the old <laughs> uh, Gaelic aristocratic that, rules of is that how, uh, Is that how monarchies yeah, work? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's how Irish monarchies worked. You elected one from those that were eligible. That's very uh, de- democratic. And, how, how oh, it is, yeah. Thinking. Well, I mean, it's democratic in a sense because like Irish kings were elected, but they were elected from the rich white men who were all in one family. Oh, so it's go. like there you go. It's kind of like it's it. d- democracy, but not really. I <laughs> thought it was. I thought it was like picking the Dalai Lama. But they when the king dies, they find a boy he's been born. No, no, not. no, not enough kids are born on Ilan Hori to, to, <laughs> to, to, to let that happen. And so, yeah, the jury's out as to whether it's uh, Ilan Hori or from the word Tori or Torith, 
which would have been abandoned, which the Tory party gets its nickname from. Mm. Uh, so it could be related. It may not be related, but the fact is we call it Ilan Hori um, or Ilan Tory more correctly because of the dentals rule and you don't do the mm-hmm. shaver, but, you know, everybody does in the kind and it's fine. And that's why kind, I'm not fine. the historian. <laughs> Neither am I. <laughs> <laughs> Emer's listening to this with her degree in medieval Irish, just like crying her to hair go out, crying like no. Get a strongly That's worded DM. <laughs> so if we book umbrella's child child content, uh, band Paul Jean, kind of a sparkling rom- uh, romantic comedy drama. Uh, oh, Sivni Vrinla. Sivni Vrinla, that would be absolutely it. The nine part drama about a fisherman who falls in love with a poor girl and gives up fishing and becomes a rabbit hunter. <gasps> oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't ask a dowry of Sivni Vrinla. Yeah. Uh, I love it. That'd be it. Mm. That's that's me. So, TG Carr, TG Carr, are you paying attention? <laughs> TG <laughs> Car, which we are, we're pitching, we're pitching for commissions now at this. We'll point. get, we'll get yeah. Anthony to write the script. <gasps> that's you know, brilliant because he's because that's what he does. <laughs> I, I just know that like that TG Car going to do a press release in the new year and they're going to say you know and then and after say dear so dear Nikosh is going to message me saying we never listened to any of your podcasts so oh, I only just found out now that it's a very similar idea nothing to do with me sign this form to prove. <laughs> <laughs> We have stolen all your ideas accidentally. Sign here, Gurmahagat. Mm-hmm. Hey, so long as they're paying us off, I don't mind. Like absolutely, absolutely. And then there's there's another. I mean, like you can't redo a TV show out of McGill and Mara, really. Ah, oh, you could, yeah. You, you could stretch it. You could, absolutely could. Maybe yeah. like a short film. No, like an epic movie, a three and a half hour movie about <laughs> Grainne Whale coming back to Ireland. With 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 Gael, not not French, not Spanish, Gael all around her, uh, young men armed to the teeth as her bodyguard, and they're only going to last a week, and they'll 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 just fuck shit up for the Brits. Like that's what it's all about. Like, imagine it was an alternative history of the nineteen sixteen rising, where the boys are struggling in the GPO, things look bad, the gunboat Helga's after sending down the Liffey, it's shelling the shit out of them. Oh wait. What's this coming over the hill? It's Grainne Whale and a bunch of young men armed to the teeth. And, oh, no, we won. We won 1916. Thanks to Grainne Whale, the ghost <laughs> of Grainne Whale, or potentially a zombie. I haven't fleshed out this part of it yet. Ooh. But we won 1916. What happens then? Alternative history. Then the Americans invade because World War One's going on. Well, d- really? I mean, do you, do you think that's, that's, uh, that's interesting? Yes, let's develop that further. The Americans invade Ireland because World War One is still going on, and the and the Brits complain that you know their property has been damaged. They weren't in World War One in nineteen sixteen, though they didn't Ooh. enter until nineteen seventeen. Okay, so that was actually the right time to have it. Exactly, it was the right time. It was to have the a right rising. time to have a rising. Or they what if didn't... we have like Grania Wheel? Sorry to interrupt you. There. What if we have <laughs> Grania Wheel as a oh, sort you're of still central? Here. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> a sort of central character that goes into all these different wars and brings all these gales and then like historically like lost battles are won and like oh generally just making things class for everyone. That's absolutely like all hope so is lost Will... and then she comes in. Excellent. She sails in to Waterloo yeah. Yeah. and helps Napoleon at either, the last minute. Either a zombie or a ghost. Still not to say Zombie that. stroke ghost. Yeah. <laughs> An- Anton can deal with that level of fine detail. 
Waterloo would be very funny because she have words to say with Dublin-born uh, Lord Wellington, wouldn't she? Yeah. No. So listen, before you even <laughs> say it, right? Before you even say it, the Duke of Wellington never said just because one is born in a stable doesn't make one a horse. Daniel O'Connell said it about him. Oh. Yeah. So in this analogy, being a horse is a good thing. And O'Connell was trying to deny Arthur Wellesley's Irishness. He was saying he may have been born in Ireland, but he cares not a fig, cares not a wit for Ireland. So he's not an Irish man. Just because you're born in a stable doesn't make you a horse. Mm-hmm. You can't sit yeah. with us. Think about it. You can't sit with us. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even go here. Me and Jagger are gauging. Right, a remake of Mean Girls, but using the Irish parliamentary parties of the 19th century. <laughs> oh, That's content yes. I would be willing to see. Yeah, absolutely. Isaac Butt and uh, Charles Stuart Parnell. Isaac Butt, his, his father invented Toast Strudel. <laughs> <laughs> that, is that why he's a millionaire? No, no, he's a landlord. His sideburns are min- full of secrets. <laughs> oh my God, you stole it from me. <laughs> oh, Sorry. <laughs> Hey, great minds, Pauline. <laughs> I was going to go for moustache. <laughs> They're connected. The sideburns are connected to the moustache. That's the beauty of it. Yeah, maybe, I don't know. I'm still heartbroken, yeah. but it's fine. Like, I'll get over Isaac. it. So, you know the way Clueless was a retelling of, was it Emma? Em- Emma yeah. by Jane Austen? That's right. Yeah. So now we've basically, we've gone about face and we brought Mean Girls, a 21st century high school drama, back to the 19th century. We're paying it back. Yeah. And I think it's it's because you have the, the, the central idea of a double agent being in there. Uh, like, yeah, was that in Mean Girls? In, 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 oh, she's in, in, a, yeah, yeah, the Lindsay Lohan character, Benjamin Disraeli in this uh, in this retelling. What what if Michael Collins is uh, going over to sort things out with with England, and they're like twenty six for you, Michael Coco. You go, Michael Coco. <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, because this this came up on Twitter over the week, people saying that you know if. Um, like they're saying, I was I was basically asking for significant Irish politicians who maybe died a little before their time, if they had lived, who had done the most good, and people, everyone said James Connolly. Yeah, but, of course. But because you know that's just that's just the way Irish Twitter is these days. <laughs> but like, um, it's right. <laughs> <laughs> but, By which I mean to say, it's it's very very left. <laughs> and then yeah, the big the big thing was they say that there was, if if Connolly had been sent to negotiate the treaty. And if he had lived, hmm. you imagine James Connolly negotiating the treaty. It's like, um, and you'll give up the six counties in Northern Ireland. I will, I. And I ask me that again. <laughs> <laughs> See you, Jimmy. <laughs> I'm not giving you no six counties. Man, Johnny, you fucking stuck a shite in the toilet. It was fucking what he is. Disgusting. Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen a fucking treat you yet. <laughs> I'm going to do Shell Lloyd by Shell Lloyd. <laughs> oh. <laughs> sign this. I'll sign. I'll sign nothing, Bob Ike. <laughs> oh God! Yeah. You've just devolved yeah. into a series of of memes. <laughs> It's pretty much we've just become the the official the official podcast of being extremely That's online. The highbrow it, content uh, we we aim to put out here. But you know, this is the thing. I think that the big thing is that I, I like the Irish language community are extremely online, and inevitably they're just absorbing a lot of other online content. 
as getting is getting absorbed into kind of contemporary, and it's some of it's political, some of it's nonsense, some of it's cultural, and it's all getting mopped up with fathers and shavus getting attached along the way, and sometimes we do digress, and it is true, dear listeners, that yes, we digress sometimes, but if you read Flan O'Brien. There are digressions, massive digressions in it. If you read Dinkanicus, there are massive digressions in it. If you read Until Onoch, there's massive digressions that seem to go nowhere in it. That's hey, no, they don't they that's the point of Until Onoch by Tomaso Griffin. It's not it is a collection of digressions. It's not if if Tomaso Griffin was to tell his his own story in a very straightforward narrative, it would be a pamphlet. Mm-hmm. Like it, the fact mm-hmm. that it became an, an epic autobiography is because of that embellishment that have you like you know you start you sort of started this this the the meat of this podcast by saying at a good party good you know whatever kind of social gathering a good sing song will break out like storytelling is another in, entirely intrinsic and central part of of you know the cultural connections that we form on this yeah. island and no good story goes start middle end it has to go somewhere it has to go off on a tangent somewhere to make it engaging to make it interesting to make it uniquely almost irish in that sense and it's a theory about storytelling the idea of the author as a dictator it's uh that we that we are we are rejecting and that our, the great irish language text rejects i remember someone told me and it, it chilled me to my fucking bones once every story is a happy ending if you know what to shut up <laughs> is it Halloween yet? It's not Halloween. Not quite. But that is, I mean... The, Every story has a happy ending if you know what to shut up. So it's, it, the idea is, yes, that, that, that deciding we're, we're only interested in this part of the story. We've got to cut off these other bits where all these interesting things that make you realise why ah, characters do what they did. So after she finally murders, drowns and destroys Ban Fawjean mm. and marries Pawjean, yeah, that's not necessarily a happy ending because that that thing could go south because she's obviously a psychopath. And we don't know. Is there a third woman who doesn't like the girl who doesn't like Ban Pojin? Oh, this, just the knock-on effects of it. Peggy Littermore, it turns out. <laughs> what if she murders Ban Pojin and then she gets with Pojin? She realizes he's not all that great to begin with, and then she's like, "Oh well, that was pointless." And then she just don't oh, no, murder she, for no reason. Like, Pauline, we, we all know, we all know a Paw Jean, and they're never that good. <laughs> they're never that good. It's like the, the grass is always greener, you know? And then so, you get in so and like, is... he leaves the toilet seat up and like he leaves the cupboard doors <laughs> open when he's making tea. And he doesn't bring in your shopping. Uh, he the, never offers so, to make dinner. This is this is our, our next pitch for TG Carr then, is that like the, the narrator in Ban Faw Jean sees her dreadful, devious plan through. She drowns Ban Fawjean and marries Pawjean, but it turns out he doesn't clean his pubes out of the shower. And <laughs> he snores. And he's always he's always out drinking. He's never paying her any attention. And so, then he's but, like, what is that to you that it doesn't concern? You know? <laughs> so she kills him stone dead. And he has ginger dreadlocks. And then oh, she well, falls know in that. love She'd with know that Ban- in advance. Like, no, she'd put, know that in advance. He puts them in. After they get married. Oh, that's uncalled for. What if she falls in love then with Peggy and Little Moore and they run away together? I would watch the shit out of that. The love story of a century. I mean, she's already started killing, so she might as well get rid of Pawjean the way she got rid of Ban (laughs) Pawjean. And they they drive off to Donegal with Heaven as a place on Earth in the background. Yeah, that's the the last scene I'm seeing. Is that the last? Is that you're seeing it? It's like a slow pan out, but you can still hear them talking. (laughs) Shoe Laroon playing in the background. Walk, yeah. walk, my love. God's nothing quite like it. And <laughs> I'm Anton. Are you listening? 
start writing this shit. All I want is an executive producer credit. Poor old Anton. He doesn't even he doesn't even know the donut here for him. I like all I want is an executive. I just want to be the executive producer of something. Mm-hmm. Oh, can I be the executive producer of this episode of the podcast? I'll be May. the creative yes. director. Nice one. Yeah. I'll be happy. What was the that. job that? Not, what does the best boy do? He holds a. <laughs> um, it's we're slightly related to a grip, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> But he's also a, a very good, good boy. <laughs> the goodest boy. The goodest boy. The best boy is actually just a Labrador. Yeah. Oh, we know that. Stu- studio dog. So, Pauline, uh, you've um, you've been writing some wonderful uh, articles for Nos recently. Have you been? Had you have anything else going on for us? They like uh, to plug before we wrap up. Plug, plug, plug. Yeah, uh, I also I uh, design greeting cards in Irish. Uh, they are kind of. They they use my own kind of canoinch, so basically if, instead of like, uh, Janu Mua, I say Bobby Ur, which is kind of that's my own little niche up here. But uh, yeah, I know I I make and design greeting cards, and they're on sale at the minute in on Chapelior on Harcourt Street and on their website. Hopefully, I'll get my own website up and running soon. But now that I have time, I'm designing a few more, and hopefully they'll be out soon. And every, everything I do is on my Twitter anyway. So if you go follow can, me on can Twitter. You... <laughs> Can you do one up for us? A brand new greeting card. Congratulations on the screenplay being accepted by <laughs> What's that? What's that in, in Gaelga here, Connell? Congratulations or a screenplay? Congratulations or a screenplay, hey. Your screenplay, hey. My shiv. My shiv. My shiv, hey. My shiv, hey. Jeez, my shiv. That's it. And we can find your Twitter pollination, am I right? Pollination. P-O-I-L-I-N-A-T-I-O-N? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, it was born of a very boring biology class <laughs> where I decided that my name sounded exactly like pollen, which it doesn't, po- just sounds like pollen, pollination. So, um, yeah, that was... Pollination is no uh, laughing matter. Yeah, exactly. And it's really ironic because I have really bad hay fever. Oh, <laughs> feverish liner. It's the worst. It's I the know. absolute worst. Yeah, it's like I took it and I make, made it my own. So, you know... <laughs> You owned that disability that you did <laughs> yeah. so manfully. Me, me and several kilograms of antihistamine during the summer. Oh, tell me about it. March to October. Oh. I know. Mm. No. Still, and my mum buys loads of flowers and they're always in the house. So, you know, there's no escape. I, I got to be honest with you, Pauline. That's a fucking hint. <laughs> You've just moved home and your mom is getting loads and loads of flowers. It's like, <laughs> get the, get the boat. Get body nile of me. Away you go. Get her out. Away to Tori with you. Get up on that hill and count your cows. <laughs> Are there any good there's any good mother daughter songs? Are there mother daughter songs? I, yeah. I'm trying to think. Like even when it comes to lullabies and things like that, like there's um what do I sing? Um oh I love I love Bug Brain. Like Bug Brain and Chandana. Like give a hot drop, give a hot drop, give a hot drop to the old person. <laughs> like <laughs> you know. Fresh bread, fresh bread, fresh bread for the old person. It's very, um, yeah, it's very cute. Oh, what's um, Bona La Hierka? That's yeah, that's that's, that's one of my favourite. They're kind of, uh, yeah. kind of cow, lullabies. cow, cow, cow with of one the horn. half horn. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's, a, um, that's amazing I don't know if there's Mother daughter I can't think of any mother, but, but you just think There's some some lad there Kind of sitting on the side of a hill With his, with his guitar Trying to write that hit That's going to get him Get him moved out And sees a cow with horn He goes Cow Cow Cow, cow with, with one, one horn, horn. Cow 
Because <laughs> apparently when, when Paul McCartney was writing uh, yesterday, he woke up with this tune in his head and like a lot of writers with a good idea, they said, I can't believe no one's thought of this before. He had the tune where originally he wrote it called Scrambled Eggs. He said, oh, my darling, you have lovely legs. I like scrambled eggs. He said, Wouldn't it be better if you changed the lyrics to like yesterday, all oh, my troubles seem so far away. They have a heartbreak. <laughs> this is the benefit of a writing partnership like Lennon McCartney. Like, yeah. That McCartney can come up with some utter shit and John Lennon be like, you know what would be more commercial? If we made it a love song. Like if you stopped singing about eggs. A love song. A love song. <laughs> That's wrong, Paul. That's wrong. Don't sing about eggs. And then, yeah, as I imagine that they're, they're so confident in their ability to make good decisions that Ringo sing a few songs. <laughs> God, Brexiteer, Ringo Starr. Oh, uh, here, don't even start. That's just, why don't we just get over it? Thomas was a very useful engine. <laughs> Shut up, Ringo. <laughs> Have you have you seen have you seen the black the, the episode of um of Tom Stanger just like Black Mirror they punish one of the one of the the they punish one of the they trains. punish Henry Henry like, they lock him up in a tunnel they break oh him God, up in yeah. a tunnel but but he can but he can see the world around him yeah. while he waits to die yeah yeah That's it's because he wasn't useful sorry Thomas the Tank Engine is a dystopian nightmare <laughs> it, it's all based on your it's all based on your utility as soon as the engines become useless they're decommissioned. If you refuse to work, you get bricked up in a tunnel and you have to watch the world around you as you die. And they just fat like, shame their boss. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's Although I would say one thing. The American version of Thomas the Tank Engine, which had George Carlin as the narrator, which no is just way. awesome. Yeah. Uh, does not does not fat shame Sir Topham Hatt. They do not call him the Fat Controller. They give him his full name. The Hippie Controller. No, Sir Topham Hatt. That's his name. Sir Topham Aww. Hatt, Controller of the Isle of Sunday Railway. That's a lovely name. Yeah, it is. That is nice. Yeah, Sir Topham Hat. Sir Topham Hat. Now he's still like he's still a, a dictator. Like you know what I mean? He still kills. <laughs> he kills, still kills workers trains. that no longer fulfill their purpose. Like melts them down for <laughs> for uh, yeah. scrap metal. So I guess, <laughs> I guess one of the seven words you can't say in television isn't killing trains, huh? No, no, it's just you know, beep 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 beep. Gotcha. You'd, you'd miss you'd miss George Carlin these days. Oh, I I think he um. He was just irreplaceable. Like people who are trying to be edgy as comedians now, they can't hold a candle to someone who was genuinely funny. Like genuinely funny at his core. Mm-hmm. Like somebody said the other day, like uh, you know, oh, what would George Carlin make of this cancel culture? It's like he'd be fine with it. Mm-hmm. He'd be absolutely fine with it. Like cancel culture is nothing more than people saying, "Yeah, that's not funny. Cancel you shouldn't say that." Is consequences just under a new yeah. name? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What would George Carlin think if there were consequences? He'd be fucking grand with it. Like just delighted. It, it is. I think the big thing is if if so if you say you know what the, here's a topic that you know that that can raise a lot of feelings. If if I make a joke about it, it needs to be it needs to be very good and fundamentally based and not actually ridiculing people who are you know on the on the lower end of it. Otherwise, yeah. yeah otherwise, you actually are just exposing the fact. If 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 the if you make a joke about kind of uh, people's people's discomfort around disability, that makes people think about their own discomfort around disability. That's a very useful thing to do. Yeah, if you're making if you're making fun of disabled people, that's a completely different thing, and it's awful, and you yeah, should be dragged. Of course, but I mean, like the, at the end of the day, like not one person has ever been cancelled. You know, it just, it just, it doesn't happen. Like, mm-hmm. the cancel culture, there are some consequences. Louis C.K. did some horrible, horrible stuff. So terrible abuse of his position of power over other comedians. Some disgusting stuff. And 
he had to not be super rich and famous for a little while, and now he's allowed to go back to do comedy gigs. Like, there's, there's no, there, like, oh my God, like, yes, we are talking about the idea of consequences, but very few of them, and very softly, and not to a lot of people. Yeah. What would George Carlin say to cancel culture? He'd probably say, fuck you. Good <laughs> <laughs> stuff. And on that note... There are consequences to everything. If you're not a useful engine, the fat controller will melt you down. If you marry Pawgene, someone's going to kill you. If you take the boat to Tory, you fucked. You, you fucked. Up. You can get broke. <laughs> if you fall in love with a cobbler, you're not old enough to fall in love with a cobbler. That's the consequence. If you annoy a goat, he'll fuck your shit up. <laughs> <laughs> and if there's a fair on tomorrow, you can't go. <laughs> so it's a slant for me. <laughs> A slan wemshire. I guess slan wemshire. We'll catch you next time. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. We'd had a lot of fun, but it's even more fun because we knew you were there in your headphones. Motherfucker comes out every Friday in the Headstuff Podcast Network. If you can't wait that long for your next podcast fix, Hudstuff have a head stuff have <laughs> you have to do the bit again <laughs> that was a good bit though I like that that was thank a good bit thank you okay consider some of Headstuff's other wonderful shows such as Up to 90 or Fireside thank you very much to Kirsten Shield for doing the artwork for this episode thank you to Brian for producing if you wish to contact the show you can contact us at motherfucker we also have some live shows coming up yeah, join us in Cork on October 13th. That's a Sunday afternoon in the Spalpeen Faunach, where we will be taking part in the Cork Podcast Festival. Follow Cork Podcast Festival on Twitter for all the details. Tickets are 18 euro and they're selling like hotcakes. So make sure you get yours. Join us in Dublin as well on the 17th of November. We'll be taking part in the Dublin Podcast Festival. We're going to do a double header in the Grand Social with the amazing Irish Passport. So not to be missed. If you're around Dublin, look up Dublin Podcast Festival on Twitter or you can go to DublinPodcastFestival.com. So until the next time, slam and mind yourselves. Yeah, you did. You covered everything. We already did the slons as well. That's yeah. the after the yeah, so it's, a dub- it's a double slon. Double slon. Double slon. Take that slon. Take it. Take it. <laughs> this has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network. It's kind of just like being like seaweed. 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 Irish. Seaweed. seaweed. <laughs> <laughs>